listening to First Church Charlotte. Hello everyone, my name is Nathan. It's an honor to spend a few moments with you this week. We are looking to understand the word of the Lord and more to understand prophecy revealed to us through the word of the Lord, particularly uh, as testified and witnessed by Israel's flag. We have been using a book written by my family's pastor from years past, David David F. Gray, and the name of the banner, it, the name of the book is A Banner Above. The link is available. Uh, there's a lot in this in this prophetical fulfillment of Israel's flag. Tonight, I want to talk about protection. God is my protection. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to remind all of you that even today, there is within the heart of religious Jews <clears throat> a tremendous desire to see the Messiah come. Uh, they struggle to accept Jesus as their Messiah, even, even if they have kindness in their heart toward Christians. Um, it does not, it does not check the box for them, and they believe uh, Messiah has not yet come. Now, as Christians, uh, we view them kindly, but we strongly differ in this issue, and we try to direct their attention to all of the prophecy in the Hebrew Bible that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Now, the point of this is not to debate us right, them wrong, them wrong, us right. Uh, the point of this is for us to understand and have uh have appropriate empathy toward our our step brothers and sisters. We're all worshiping the same God, um, but they are in the Old Testament, and we are rejoicing in the life, the hope, the promise of the New Testament. Uh, even so, there is a strong a sympathy that exists between Christians and uh, Jews. And you will see that in the history of the nation of Israel and the support that the United States of America has provided to them. In spite of not agreeing with all of their politics, we still have that connection, that Judeo-Christian connection, and that has flowered forth in our support of them in many uh, many ways. The first thing I want you to imagine is that if you were able to go to the Welling Wall right now, there is actually a link to a 24-7 uh, camera online where you can watch and pray at the Welling Wall. <clears throat> I have had prayer meetings uh, where I put that camera feed up on uh, a screen in my one of my rooms, and I actually prayed while watching the prayer at uh, the Welling Wall. Um, it is it is a fervent place. It is, you'll see the, the observant Jews there praying intently. And they're not just praying that the Lord would give them a good job. I mean, maybe, but that's not the point of going to the Welling Wall. Um, they are specifically praying that Messiah would come. And they look for a Messiah that would come. You can see them there by the hundreds, chanting, weeping, praying for their Messiah to come. Their long black coats, their broad brim hats, their curls hanging down in front of their ears, their phylacteries bound around their wrists and to their foreheads. Uh, they come, they pray, they sway, they bob. Messiah, Messiah, please come. Now, you should understand that the shield of David, not just to Christians, um, but even in the tradition of the of the Jews, the shield of David is representative of the Messiah that will come. Now, remember, Christians 
We say this is fulfilled. Observant Jews are still looking for a Messiah. We know in the scripture a day will come where Jesus will reveal himself uh, to them. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time. But let me give you some information from the Encyclopedia Judica. And in your notes, you will see this quote from them, uh, how the shield of David became the shield of the son of David or uh, to represent the Messiah uh, himself. And uh, if you look for historical references, you'll find initials in some of the historical references that stand for M, that are MBD, which is Messiah, son of David, Messiah bar David. This is who we celebrate in the Christian faith as the one who has washed our sins away, fairest of 10,000 to our soul, the lily of the valley, the bright morning star. We are complete in Jesus Christ. Therefore, his name has been highly exalted and everything above, below, left, right of the earth is subject to the name the name of Jesus. And for the Hebrew believer and for the Christian believer, that shield of David is representative of the Messiah. And we see this as a Christian, a symbol of Christian faith. The Jews see it as a symbol of their Hebrew faith, as we should. But more we go all the way back to the tradition where David actually formed his shield in the shape of what is known now as the Star of David. And in the tradition, the, the story of him engraving all the names of God on that shield, why would he do that? Now, I don't know historically if that is what happened. I wasn't there. This is part of uh, Jewish and Christian tradition uh, that comes to us. And that's how we know it. Uh, but that said, it does sound exactly like something that David would do. Um, he will he will take something that is promised to his father, Father Abraham. I'll read it to you, Genesis 15, verse number one. Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Did, did you hear that promise? That's to Father Abraham. Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. Now, David will take that promise and it won't just be word given to him, but it'll be worship he gives to God. We do that with everything that we have, everything we bring, our talents, our abilities, our gifts. We give it to God as worship. David does that. Now, let me read some of David's words. Remember, it was said of his father, Abraham, I am thy shield. Now, David comes along and he puts it to worship. Psalms 3, verse number 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. David has taken promise and turned it into to worship. He has taken word and turned it into song. Let me continue. Psalms 144 verses one and two. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I 
trust. David has taken the promise to his father Abraham and turned it into worship, but more. He's turned it into that which he reminds himself, that word he gives to himself when he needs to be strengthened, when he needs to be encouraged. He uses God's promise and he edifies, edifies himself. And so when you see the the shield of David uh, placed upon the flag of Israel. We've gone through the story of how that was not the most likely symbol to come to represent the Hebrew faith. We've already shown how the most likely symbol was a menorah, the seven-armed golden candlestick that signified God's presence in the holy place. You might think, and we've talked about this, that would be expected, and Gentile and Jew alike was surprised when the flag was unveiled at the United Nations. We talked about this in previous weeks, fulfilling the prophecy of the prophet Ezekiel, where the Lord said, I will raise up a banner above the nations, and that banner will be the testimony of God and his work, his covenant, his promise, his mighty power manifest among the nations of the world. That happened. It is available. You actually can watch it on the internet. Search the raising of the Israeli flag at the UN. You can see black and white video of it going up. That is the banner above that testifies of God, that he keeps his covenant. He brought the house of Israel home, but See it as David would see it. God is my protection. This shield I carry is not simply about my need to keep the thrust of an enemy's sword away or the flight of an enemy's arrow at bay. This is a reminder to me, to those who follow, and to those who resist. God is my shield. We all of us need to stand strong in a confidence of God's powerful protection upon us. Now, <clears throat> a day is going to come when the house of Israel is going to have the veil. This is the Apostle Paul's words, the veil that is on their eyes, that's blinding them. Now, we all have blind spots. This preacher has blind spots. I pray regularly that the Lord would show me my blind spots. You should do the same thing. How else will wisdom work in your heart if you're just the blind following the blind, ending up in the collect the blind collecting uh, ditch. Um, they had this, they have this blind spot. They cannot see uh, that Christ is their Messiah. And therefore, as Paul writes to the Corinthian church, a veil is upon their heart. Their minds were blinded. And he goes on, nevertheless, when Israel shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. See this shield as God keeping his promise, we've talked a lot about that. God keeping his covenant, we've talked a lot about that. But more, I want you to see it as David saw it. This is my protection. I'm not standing in my own ability. I am standing in the promise of God. And I am uplifted by his strength. I am protected by his power. He is my shield. This is this is not an excuse as any person with sense can see for us to live dangerous lives and then blame God if something happens. Don't be afraid of what happens to the physical body, Jesus says. Don't be afraid of the person who can threaten the physical body. These things are going to pass away. Your most important life is not in the here and now. This is the entry door to eternity. But be afraid of the one who can destroy the, the body and the soul. 
You understand. And so things happen down here on earth and God protects us. But sometimes we go through tough times. David sang the song. You are my protection. David went through tough times, but nothing came upon him that God did not know how to bring good out of or nothing came upon him that was outside of God's divine plan and order for his life. Abraham, the first recipient of the promise, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. You can't say that only good things happened to Abraham. Lots of trouble happened to Abraham, but nothing happened where God was surprised. Nothing happened that God could not keep, that God could not restore, that God could not use and somehow spiritually recycle the evil thereof. You should stand in the power of God's promise. You should be reassured in the validity and nearness of God's protection. Parents, when you teach your children these notes, and it's about God's protection upon us. Let them feel your fervency. God is my protector. I'm glad I have, you know, a good job. I'm glad I have health insurance. I'm glad that my parents raised me with enough sense not to try to go, you know, wrestle alligators or something. Uh, that said, there's nothing that can happen to me that God is not able to renew me, restore me, refound me, deliver me or bring me through it for his glory and his purpose. And if something comes that represents the end of my days here on earth, that's okay. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Do you see? God is your protection. Let that truth speak into your heart. Identify the fear you carry and make an offering of it unto the Lord. Take it to an altar and say, as an act of worship and sincere devotion, my heart to your heart, I'm giving you this fear. And I'm going to live as though it is 100% in your hands because you promised that it would be. I love you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for your people. I pray that you would let us be deeply convinced of your divine protection in our lives. When we teach our children, I hope they feel our confidence that you are in control. You are absolutely the one steering the ship of our lives. You are the captain of that ship. And though the storm rages and though the wind blows, we are going to be okay. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember earlier how recently um, Pastor Mellix was uh, given a word between songs and he talked about Peter in the boat. And uh, he said, he's often wondered what the disciples, if they ever wanted to ask, you know, should we not be afraid? I mean, should we not? Is, is, there, is, is that what's going on? Well, uh, in other words, are, should we just pretend we're not in a storm? What should we do? What's the right question to ask? Well, after he said that, I, I thought about it for a while because that's how my brain works. And asked myself, what would have been the wrong questions and what would have been the right questions? And so my take on that, since I'm having fun and giving you a little bit extra for free here, <laughs> my take on that is simply this. The wrong question is, are we going to make it? The wrong question is, is the storm going to kill us? The right question is this, is Jesus in the boat? Do you see? Not can the boat handle the wind, not can the boat handle the waves. The right question is, is Jesus in the boat? Because if, the, if Jesus is in the boat, everything's different. Is Jesus in your life? If he isn't, 
you can make that change right now in your life. Right now in your, wherever you are, you can repent of your sins. You can begin talking to God. You can begin worshiping God. He will hear you. As a church, we will assist you and serve you in baptism. As you get comfortable in worship and praise and making yourself truly spiritually vulnerable to God, you're gonna receive the gift of the Holy Spirit just like they did in the book of Acts. Now, uh, full disclosure, if you're not comfortable in worship yet, uh, you're not ready. It, it, you just, it, you're not gonna get it with your logical brain in control. You're going to get caught up in worship. And in the scripture, we talk, call that surrender, we, the true surrender into the Lord, caught up in worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. You're lost as it were in the presence of God. And that promise will be given to you. All right, I've got to quit. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.